So today we're talking about faith and works. While it might seem simple, it is quite controversial at the same time. And I'm going to read two scriptures from two prominent apostles in the Bible that seem to contradict each other. Let's look at James chapter 2. Let's start from there. James chapter 2 from verse 14. We'll read that first and then we will read what Paul said about works. James chapter 2 and verse 14. It says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Take note of this. It didn't say, I will show you my faith and my works. It didn't say, I will show you my faith with my works. It says, I will show you my faith by my works. James is trying to bring something out here. He is saying that um, my works will tell you, that, in other words, my actions will tell you what my belief is. And then it goes on to say, you believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. So his point is, believing, believing that there is God does not make you special. Believing that Jesus is the Son of God does not make you special. Believing that Jesus is Lord does not make you special. Okay? So, you believe that there is one God, you do well, no problem, it's a good thing. But you are not special. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works? When he offered Isaac his son on the altar, do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot justified by works? when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. This seems like a very clear message until you read Romans chapter 3 and verse 28. Let's go to Romans chapter 3 and verse 28. Romans chapter 3 and verse 28. Wherefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the works of the law or without the deeds of the law. Okay, so this has been sort of, and I'm going to say this to you, um, I'm going to say this because I believe that we can handle it. A lot of Muslims, or not just Muslims, a lot of uh, religious scholars, not, not necessarily Christians now, a lot of religious scholars generally believe that 
when James was writing in the book of James and he said, Oh foolish man, don't you know that faith without works is dead? That he was referring to Paul. Because Paul um, taught that we are justified by faith, uh, not by works, not lest any man should boast. And I know that we all know that scripture uh, where Paul emphatically said that we are not saved by by works, but by faith. Um, so it, it becomes a little bit of a controversy, all right? Paul is teaching emphatically that um, our works are not important. That is what it sounds like. And that is how a lot of persons take it out of context because um, they just read it superficially and say, oh, Paul said we are saved without works, so it's just faith. I just need to believe, and that's all that matters. What I do does not matter. But that is not true. Like James said, show me your faith without your works. I will show you my faith by my works. Now, what is faith? Generally, people will say faith is belief, like what you believe in. That is true. Um, it is not incorrect. But you see, faith can be active and it can be passive. Faith can be living and it can be dead. Just like James said that faith, if it is without works, is dead. So what is living faith? Living faith is acting on what you believe. Dead faith is belief without action, as according to the Bible, okay? Faith without corresponding actions is dead. So dead faith is, I believe this, but I'm not acting on it. So I believe that um, as a believer, because the Bible says that this sign shall follow them that believe in my name, they shall cast out devils, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. Okay, I believe all of that. You say you believe all of that, but you've never laid hands on the sick. You've never laid hands on the sick. Um, you've never... Um, you've never tried to cast out a devil. But the Bible says it, right? You say, oh, God says it, I believe it, that settles it. But you have never acted on this thing that you claim to believe. So it means that your faith is dead. So active or living faith is acting on what you believe. So you believe that A, B, and C, you act on A, B, and C. Okay, but we're going we're gonna to go a bit deeper into that. Let's go to the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 18, and then we'll build from here. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 18. It says, Because of laziness, the building decays, and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. Because of laziness, the building decays, and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. Now, I'm going to... I'm going to try to break this down and make it as personal as possible. Remember last week, I talked about great faith and strong faith. The difference between great faith and strong faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more of the word of God you hear, 
the greater your faith becomes. All right, the more inspired you are by the Spirit of God, the greater your faith becomes. But great faith is not always strong faith. How do you develop strong faith? We develop strong faith by exercising it. It's just like we eat food. If you eat food, you will become great in size. All right? If you eat lots of food, you become great in size. But you won't necessarily become strong. A lot of us know that lots of fat people are very lazy and very sluggish and very weak. Why? Because they are great in size, but they are not strong. Why? Because they did not exercise they did not exercise their bodies. And so um, uh, those muscles, uh, they are not, they are, they are almost useless. They are, they are not active. They are just there. Okay, so we develop strong faith by putting our faith to work. Now, the scripture we just read says, because of laziness, the building decays. And through idleness of hands, the house leaks. So simply because you had strong faith yesterday does not mean you have strong faith today. Let me give us an example. Um, There was a time in my life that I saw lots um, lots of results in the area of healing, okay? Would, would literally go and discharge people from the hospital, okay? Um, while I was on campus, sometimes they would call me 2 a.m. in the morning, so-and-so person is sick. Person is really sick, hallucinating, saying all sorts of nonsense. I will go there, lay hands on them. Ah. Okay. Different, different instances, like we have you know, pray over a piece of paper, prayer point, and then a mad person is being cured at home. There was a particular instance of a, of a lady. She came and met me and said that her, her niece, who was about five years old, had been withdrawn from school. She suddenly lost her hearing, uh, lost her, was it her sight or her speech? And then became paralyzed also. They were far away in Kaduna and I was in Nyangba. And she told me about it, and I called one of my friends at Jogu at the time. I was like, let's let's go and pray for this. You know, we just went there casually, casually. Just prayed, Father. In the, I remember the name of that girl. Her name was Jana. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, wanted to touch Jana wherever she is. And dan 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 dan. <laughs> in 24 hours, the girl was back in school. True story. And and week in week out, I was praying for the sick. Week in week out, I was praying for the sick. And I was seeing lots and lots and lots and lots of results. But then I got out of school. And then at the at the point for about four years stretch, I didn't lay hands on any sick person. Four years stretch, I didn't lay hands on any sick person. And then it got to a point when people come and meet, come to meet me and say, "Hey, I am sick. Would you pray for me?" I wasn't even confident enough to lay my hands on them to believe God for their healing because. It had been such a long time. Why? What's going on? Ecclesiastes 10, 18. Because of laziness, the building decays. And through idleness of hands, the house leaks. You see, if we do not keep our faith active, 
if we do not keep it active uh what it, it's just like muscles if you do not if you do not exercise your muscles there is something in medicine called atrophy okay um and and a lot of us are being very passive about it i said last week and i'm going to say it again smith wigglesworth said if you wait until you need faith to have it it's already too late if you wait until you need faith to have it it's already too late okay so um while we are talking about faith and works tonight and we're going to dissect it and break it down and see what the bible is really saying about those two things it is important that we know that active faith is acting on what you believe so if you believe that god is your source in terms of prosperity then act based on it don't say god is my source while in your heart you are depending on your uncle i'm not saying it's wrong to ask your uncle for money but there is a way you can ask your uncle for money knowing at the same time that god is still my source but he uses channels Okay, because I mean, think about it. When the children of Israel were leaving Egypt, right? God said, I will not send you away empty. Like, I am not going to send you away empty. But then at the end of the day, he said, go and meet your Egyptian neighbors and borrow from them. Right? God uses people. He only does things directly when there is nobody to be used. Okay? For 40 years, manna fell from heaven. The moment the children of Israel stepped into Canaan and they ate of the fruit of the land, the Bible says that the manna ceased. So God uses people. Okay? But it's very important. Some of us, the reason we are not experiencing God in our finances is because our job is our source. We say it with our mouths that God is our source, but you know in your heart you know in your heart that your job is your source because you plan everything around your salary you you can't believe god for anything beyond your salary um everything everything you do is around that salary the truth is your salary is your source your job is your source okay or your husband is your source or your parents are your source or whoever is in your life that God is using to bless you and you know if you're not careful especially if you're a kind of person that God really needs you to learn to depend on him because other people are going to need you to know how to depend on God God is going to cut off that source it doesn't mean the person will die it just means that the person may not be willing to help you anymore or the person uh, may not be in a capacity to help you anymore. And so if you've been in a situation where uh, maybe somebody was helping you before and then suddenly the person just lost interest, yeah, don't hate the person. Don't say, ah, the person has become bad or what did I do? No, no God has been giving you a long rope to learn how to trust him and you have refused to learn. And that is the only way he can teach you to learn. So a lot of times we say with our mouths, God is my source, God is my this, God is my that. And we, 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 we use all the right vocabulary because we want to sound like faith people. Okay, the church has taught us the right vocabulary and it's a good thing. Okay, but at the end of the day, our hearts are really somewhere else. Am I communicating tonight? All right. So I said faith 
is acting on what you believe. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 26 to 27 that, Whosoever heareth the sayings of men and doeth them, the same I will liken unto a wise man that builds his house on the rock. Okay? But whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, the same I will liken unto a foolish man who built his hand, his house on sand. Faith is about action. It is not just about I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. No, it is about action. Knowledge without corresponding action is tantamount to foolishness. Okay? Knowledge without corresponding action is equivalent to foolishness. So, for instance, as a medical doctor, you know that smoking causes bronchitis, it causes lung cancer, it releases over 200 free radicals into your bloodstream, but you still smoke. So, that is knowledge without corresponding action, and it is equivalent to foolishness. Wisdom is acting on what you know. So you know that it is good to study the Word of God and you study the Word of God. That makes you a wise man. You know that it is good to pray and you pray. That makes you a wise man. But you know that it's good to pray, but you don't pray. That makes you a foolish man. All right? And Jesus said that it is not just important to hear his words and believe them, but it is important to act according to those words. Now let's look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6. It says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. That is active faith. Faith has to be put to work. Faith has to be active faith has to be faith has to be alive now let me read another translation let me look for um, let me read from you it says when christ jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love so faith needs expression Faith needs expression, but it has to be done through love, but it has to be expressed. And that was what... Now, remember, Galatians is the writing of Paul. So before people will say, Paul said, um, no, uh, you don't need to do anything, uh, just believe. No. This is Paul speaking in Galatians. He said, faith needs to be expressed. And it was the same thing that that james was saying and i know a lot of uh religious scholars have tried to create confusion among uh believers telling them that um james and and paul disagreed on what faith was uh, paul said faith is without works uh, works are not important James said faith needs to have work. And so even the apostles of Christ disagreed on the fundamental doctrines of Christianity. But that is not true. That is not true. They are saying the same things. And I'm going to show us much later um, so that we, we have a, 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 a much clearer picture. Okay? Faith expressing itself through love. So you believe that God heals the sick. You believe that you are anointed to heal the sick. Go lay hands on the sick. Go lay hands on the sick. 
do it in love express it through love just like paul said in 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 first corinthians chapter 13 that you know everything has to be done through love otherwise it is worthless and that's what paul was saying in galatians chapter 5 and verse 6 faith expressed being expressed through love okay now let's bring this home if you believe in jesus act like it if you believe you are saved act like it if you believe you are the righteousness of god in christ jesus act like it if you believe you are blessed act like it if you believe you are healed act like it now there is a problem in the body of christ where this whole uh well i don't need works i don't need works okay and then there are people that say they are saved but all their actions are consistent with the actions of a non-believer that's what james was saying that's what james was saying you see you can't say i have faith and i don't have words you 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 need to have actions that um demonstrate and express what you believe James said, show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith. I will show you what I believe in by the things that I do. So if you believe in Jesus Christ, the things you do should show people that you believe in Jesus Christ. But I I, I am sure all of us know believers that are acting like unbelievers and are saying, grace cover me, you know, um, and and uh, <laughs> I see a lot of young young ministers preach today, and I just shake my head, and they say things like, you know, once you are saved, you can never be lost. Um, um, it's like it's like you can never be free from salvation. Once you are in, there's only one way in. There's no way out. There's this and there's that, and 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 saying it, and people are getting excited and running off with it. But this is not scriptural, people. It's not scriptural. These same people, I have showed them several scriptures for them to explain. And they cannot explain those scriptures. They cannot. Jesus said it very clearly that um, in, I think in Revelation chapter 3 now, that he that overcomes, I will not blot his name from the book of life. It's Jesus speaking. It's in red. Jesus said that there are people that he will not blot their names from the book of life. It means that there are people that their names will be blotted out from the book of life. And when we say the book of life, we are not talking of the book of human existence. No, the book of life is the book of Zoe, the book of eternal life. So eternal life can be lost. I know a lot of people won't agree with me on this. I know a lot of people won't like what I just said, but it is in the Bible. If people's names can be blotted out of the book of life, it simply means that eternal life can be lost. That's what it means. I didn't say it. I didn't write the scripture. It's right there. Okay? Uh, and so people think that, oh, once I once I recite the sinner prayer, then I am saved, and then I can just go on and live whatever kind of life I want to live. And then at the end of the day, um, you know, I die and I go to heaven. That is not true. It's a lie from the pit of hell. It is not true. If you are saved, act like it. 
Okay? If you are acting like a non-believer, it is because that is what you are. Because if you really believe you've been blood-washed, blood sanctified, you've been saved from your sins, you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, then you are going to act like the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You cannot believe that Jesus has saved you from sin and continue to actively wallow in sin. It's, it's not consistent. Okay? It's either you don't believe that Jesus did, or, or rather, it's either you don't believe that what Jesus did was enough to save you from the power of sin, or you are not acting based on what you truly believe. But if you believe that Jesus has saved you, and he has redeemed you from darkness to light, and he has broken the power of sin and sickness and death over you, then act like it. We can't just continue to succumb to the to the wiles of the devil and say, grace, cover me. No, 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 no. It's not right. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but it is expressed and released through the things we say and the things we do. All right. In Genesis chapter one, the Bible says, God said, let me show us something very interesting. Let me show us. Let, let, let me show this. Let's look at Genesis chapter one and verse 26. It says, then God said, take note. He said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God, now take note of it. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. All right. So it tells us that God created man. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The question is, how many times did God create man? In Genesis 1, 26 and 27, it says, God created man in his own image and in his own likeness. And he blessed them and said, Fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Okay? It says God created man. And then in Genesis chapter 2, and verse 7, it is telling us that, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Now, the thing is this. The man that God created existed in the spirit realm. Okay? Take note, it says that God created man. Male and female created he them. So, the man that God created, he spoke him into existence. But for that man to manifest in the physical, God had to go to work. He needed to roll up his sleeves. He needed to get his hands dirty. And he formed man out of the dust of the ground. So there is the aspect of faith of that, that is speaking. There is the aspect of faith that is action. There is that aspect that is action. And unfortunately, the body of Christ, oh boy, you see a lot of ministers of the gospel, um, they are just lazy. And they tell you, you know, I am just living by faith. By that, they mean they are not doing anything. But a lot of people, a lot of these people are just lazy. You know, the, the Bible says that there is dignity in labor. And gospel ministers, including musicians uh, and preachers, a lot of them are just lazy. They don't want to do anything else. They don't want to do anything else. And they say, I am just believing God. I'm believing God for open doors. 
and believing God for breakthrough. And when it's open doors and breakthrough, it simply means they are waiting for somebody to invite them to come and preach or to come and sing so that they'll give them a fat honorary. For God's sake, look, I've been in the music ministry for, I know it's over 20 years. I've been in the music ministry for over 20 years. And some guys came and met me some time ago and said they wanted me to mentor them and uh, they wanted me to talk to them. I said, okay. And I was talking to them. I said, look, guys, I have never made any money from music. And they were shocked. I said, well, yeah. Um, For me, music is not a career. It's a ministry. There's nothing wrong with having a career in music. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, I encourage people to do it. I told them, I said, all the events that I have, all the events that I do, there was a time I was having a monthly worship meeting that costs a minimum of 350,000 monthly, like once every month. You know, I was just, I, I enjoyed doing it. I was just doing it from my, from my pocket and God was, you know, God was supplying and, and I was doing it. You know? And then, you know, a lot of the younger people saw all of these things, fancy events, flashy events, lights and sound and all of that. And they thought, oh, wow, music must really pain these guys. And I told them, no, I have not made a penny from music. The largest honorarium anybody has ever given to me for preaching was, let me see, was it 30,000? That's the largest honorarium anybody has ever given me for preaching. Yeah, that was, and, and that was over 10 years ago. That was in this December 2010. Oh, yeah, that was in December 2010. Okay, so if <laughs> if I want to say, ooh, I am living by faith, and then I am waiting for people's offerings and waiting for invitations to preach so that I'll receive an honorarium, I think I'll be in a very bad spot right now. I'll be in a very, very bad place right now. So I'm a man of faith. I believe God for resources, but I work. I work. I I I do businesses. I submit proposals. I I learn. I I try to improve myself. I try to improve my skills. I try to develop myself. And in the area of my expertise, I try to make the most of it and I work. And when when that money comes, then I put it into the ministry. And, you know, Paul was a tent maker. Ladies and gentlemen, the apostle Paul was a tent maker. Paul said, let him that stole steal no more, but let him walk with his hands so that he can have to give to the poor. And the same Paul said, let him that does not work, let him not eat. He didn't say he that does not work cannot eat. He said, he that does not work should not eat. Okay, but but we, we have watered down the message of faith to make it look like um, it's like ripe cherries falling on us. No. God, God, after he created man, he rolled up his sleeves and he formed man from the dust of the earth. God. He worked for what he wanted. And, and what we call faith today, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. You know, I believe in confession a lot. I believe in confession a lot. But you see, confession is like water. Okay? Our actions are like seed. 
When you have made positive actions and you confess, then you will get a harvest. But when you have not made positive actions and you are confessing, it is like pouring water on a ground where you have not sowed seeds. One of two things will happen. Either you will have an erosion or you will have weeds. Neither of them will be to your advantage, okay? So a lot of people are confessing, but they do not have any any work in the soil that God can actually bless. And then you just see people say, oh, I'm living by faith, I'm living by faith. And then they give, they give the faith message a bad name. They give faith a bad name. They make it look like God let them down or God is letting them down or God disappoints people. No, but God does not disappoint people. God does not let people down. God is a faithful God. And the Bible says that even when we are without faith, he abided faithful. He cannot deny himself. Okay? God is a faithful God. But the thing is, faith, the, the faith message is being misrepresented to suggest that um, um, faith is a, is a license for laziness. So we can just sit down, name it, claim it, and if you just believe it enough, somebody will drive a Ferrari and come and pack it in front of your house. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It doesn't happen like that. A lot of the men of God that you see out there that are prosperous, and you know, it's because of a lack of this understanding that you see church people insult people like Bishop Oedeko and insult people like Pastor Adeboye and say they are stealing church money. It's because you don't know anything. If you really don't know anything, and if, if you knew better, you would say better. You know, Bishop Oedeko has written over 60 books. Each of those books has sold over a million copies. Do the math. If each of those books sell for a thousand naira times 60 times a million, just do the math. You know, do you know what it takes to sit down and write a book? I am writing a few and it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of mental work. You know, something happened. I mean, you can verify this on Wikipedia. Joyce Mayer, at one time the IRS came and they were after American ministers. I am sure some of us know about this. And so they came to Joyce Mayer's ministry and her salary was about $900,000 per annum. And her husband was about was on about $400,000 per annum. And the IRS came and said, now at this time, her, her she wasn't taking royalties on her messages that were being sold she wasn't receiving royalties from her books that were being sold like she donated all her teachings all her books everything she donated it to the ministry and so the ministry was paying her salary and the irs came and thought oh you are earning too much money you are earning too much money and she said well i'm not getting any royalties from my books they said no you know what take the royalties from your book and reduce your salary by 50 percent." and she said okay no problem so she reduced her salary by 50%. Guess what happened? Her income tripled. Her income tripled. They thought they were trying to make her broke, but these people work really, really, really hard. They work. So, so if you think Bishop Oedipo sits down and is waiting for somebody to, I mean, do people give them cars? Yes, they do. Do people give them jets? Yes, they do. 
Oh, yes, yes. Joyce Meyer does lots of medical outreaches, especially to Asia and Africa, she does. These people work really hard. And so when you see people give them gifts, they, are, they, don't, they don't sit around waiting for a gift to be blessed. Because in every labor, there is profit. That's what the Bible says. In every labor, there is profit. But the average Christian listens to a faith teaching and they think, ooh, license for laziness. And then, so, so, we just sit down and just believe God. You see the musician say, oh, I'm believing God. I'm living by faith. What are you doing, sir? No, 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 I don't have a job. I am living by faith. No, you are not living by faith. You are living by fraud. That's what you're doing because faith will always express itself in actions. If you are truly living by faith, you will be doing something. You will be doing something. Everyone Jesus commended for their faith did something. Now, because of time, let's look at Mark chapter 5. Let's look at the woman with the issue of blood. Let's look at that story. Now, let's look at from verse 25. It says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. This was her action. But before the action, now it says, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. So she believed that touching the clothes of Jesus would make her well. But she did not sit at home trusting God that Jesus will send his clothes to the laundry and the laundromat will be her next door neighbor. She didn't sit down cooking up some really interesting imaginations of how these things will come to pass. She broke protocol. This woman was unclean. Anybody she touched would be unclean. But the Bible says she went in, came in behind, through the press, through the crowd. She believed that if she touched him, she would be made whole. And guess what she did? She acted on what she believed. And guess what happened? She got what she believed. And what did Jesus say? In verse 34, he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. He didn't say my anointing has made you well. He said your faith has made you well. Now this is faith. First, she said to herself, if I can touch the helm of his garment, I will be made whole. And she acted on it. So if you are saying, I believe that I'll be the richest man in Africa, what are you doing about it? How are you acting on it? If you say, I am going to be one of the greatest musicians of all time. Okay, okay, great, great. That's what you believe. Fantastic. We love you for it, okay? But if you really have faith, you will act on it. If any any confession that does not have a corresponding action is fraud, it's not faith. It's not faith. And, and there's so much of that going on. You see, you, you meet some men of God and they'll tell you, hmm, we are going to build the largest church in this city. We are going to do this. We are going to do that. We are going to do this. And then 
if you ask, okay, what are the plans? What are you doing right now? What what are you doing right now? If this is what you really believe, you know, if somebody really believes something and you come around them, everything around them will point in that direction. But you see so many persons, what they are saying and what they are doing, they are two totally completely opposite things. And this and, and they call it faith. You say, ah, baby, if I can conceive it in my heart, I will have it in my hand. No, sir. No, no. It's not. That's not true. There's a process. You have to act on that conception. You have to act on it. Amen. So I said this earlier. Believing in God doesn't make you special. Demons believe God too. Beloved, demons believe in Jesus too. The difference in our belief with the belief of demons is in our actions. What makes us different from demons is our actions. The Bible is clear. It says, you believe that there is one God, you do well. The demons believe it also and they tremble. The difference between you and them is action. So we believe God, we believe Jesus, and we have corresponding actions to say, okay, we believe that you are God. But the demons do not have that capacity to honor God. So the the belief is not the problem. The action is the problem. So if you say my actions don't matter, then it is your action that expresses your faith. If you do not have actions, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, you have no faith. You have no faith. So now when the Bible talks about work, this is where many people get it confused. When they say, ah, salvation is without works the bible says for by grace are ye saved okay not of works lest any man should boast okay so and 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 james is saying that you know works are needed for salvation so what's going on Uh, paul and james must be arguing they must be they must be uh in disagreement about what salvation really is about you know Uh, but but this is this is not the case we need to understand that there are different kinds of work and I'm going to show us a few tonight. When God created man, God worked for it. After God created man, he put man in the garden to work. So I don't see why anybody will have an issue with work. You know, if you are just lazy, just say, I am lazy. Don't, don't try to make it look like it's faith. Don't try to make it look like it's faith. It's laziness. It's laziness. Okay. So now there are different kinds of work. Number one, there is the works of the law. Hmm. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16. Now, most times in the Bible where it says that we should not depend on works, where it says, uh, you know, for by grace are ye saved through faith, not of, for by faith are ye saved, of, you know, not by works, lest any man should post. It, 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 it's not talking about not making any kind of effort. Any every time where you see work mentioned in opposition to grace, it is actually referring to the works of the law. Please understand this. The Bible does not condemn every kind of work. The New Testament condemns the works of the law. Now, look at Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16. It is very clear here. Knowing that a man 
is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, but by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. So this scripture is very clear about the kind of works that you cannot be justified by. It is the works of the law. What are the works of the law? The Old Testament, the Torah, all of those. Uh, 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 if a woman is menstruating, then she has to wash herself. She has to do this. Uh, if if you, what are those crazy laws? You know, the fashion laws. The, you can't eat pork. You can't eat uh, a fish that does not have scales. So under the old covenant, we couldn't eat catfish. We could not eat catfish. It only had to be fish with scales. Okay, you could not eat uh, uh, a duck, for instance, an animal with webbed feet. You could not eat a duck. You could not eat uh, uh, animals with hooves. You know, things like that. You know, those are works of the law. Those uh, ceremonies of cleansing and washing and this and that and the Feast of Trumpets and the Feast of Tabernacles and all of those things, those are the works of the law. So it is important that we distinguish them. So when the Bible says we are not saved by works, these are the kind of works it is talking about. It is saying that you cannot be saved by doing all of those things. Okay, somebody has a question. Quick question, sir. About two weeks ago, you talked about canceling contracts without confession, just confession, no action work required, I presume. So how does that relate with faith? in action now when i talked about cancelling contracts basically cancelling contracts had to do with the things that we say and how we activate certain contracts in the realm of the spirit without knowing and you undo it by you know by confession okay now the the, the thing is it is just one dimension you know that is not all the all the dimensions that exist there is a place for confession so showing teaching us on cancelling contracts was showing us one of the mysteries of the kingdom it doesn't mean that that is you know that is all every believer would need to focus on there is a place for confession there is a place for action okay so i, I hope i answered that question Timitaya. so cancelling contracts yes there are certain things that you know you may have spoken over your own life and all you you can't use actions to correct it you need to you need to change the confession to, to correct it. Okay? You've been calling your child a dummy all, all his life. You are a dummy. You are a dummy. Olodo, oloriburuku, oloshi, Dundee United. You know, insulting the child. All right? If you put the child in the best school, which is action, it will not solve that problem. It will not solve that problem. You need to confess your way out of that particular challenge. So there are certain kinds of contracts that we get into with the words of our mouth. Okay? Okay, so the Bible says that death and life is in power of the tongue. They that love you eat the fruit thereof. Okay? It says that a man's belly shall be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth. Okay, so there is a place for that. There is a place for that. But that is not all that exists in, in the principles of the kingdom. All right? So, there is the works of the law. It is important that we understand when the Bible talks about works and faith and grace, saying works cannot save you. It's talking about the works of the law. I hope we are clear on that. 
All right. Now, another kind of work is the works of the flesh. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 19, it talks about the works of the flesh. So you see now that there are different kinds of works. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions. Did you see that? Selfish ambitions is part of the works of the flesh. Dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So there are works of the flesh. These are different from the works of the law. Now let's look at number three. There are works of righteousness. Titus chapter 3 and from verse 4 to 5. Titus chapter 3 from verse 4 to 5. Titus chapter 3 from verse 4 to 5. It says, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. So there is a difference between works of the law and works of righteousness. Now, as a believer, when you become born again, you become the righteousness of God. It is expected that you will bear fruits of righteousness. Okay, so the, the, the fruits of righteousness, just like uh, in, Ga- in Galatians chapter 5, it talks about the works of the flesh. The same way, the fruit of the Spirit will produce fruits of righteousness and works of righteousness. So as believers now, when James is saying faith has to go hand in hand with works, he wasn't talking about the works of the law, he wasn't talking about the works of the flesh, He was talking about the works of righteousness. The fruit of righteousness. So when we read these scriptures where it looks like James and and Paul are contradicting themselves, uh, contradicting each other. No, they are not contradicting each other. You just need to understand the context with with which they are speaking from. Paul is talking about works of the law. So when you see Paul lambasting works, 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 especially in the book of Galatians and Romans, works, these works that you don't need works, abandon works, these works, that works. You know, he's talking about the works of the law. He's not talking about the works of righteousness. Because the works of righteousness... Um, are the things that show people that we have become the righteousness of God. Just the same way, walking in love shows people that we have received the Holy Spirit and we have received the love of God in our hearts. Amen. In First uh, Thessalonians 1 and verse 3 and Hebrews 6.10, it talks about the labor of love. It's another kind of work, which is also like the works of righteousness. Um, the labor of love, like because we have the love of God in our hearts, we labor in that direction. Finally, before we wrap up, now let's look at uh, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Mm. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And then verse 5 says, For each one shall bear his own load or his own burden. Okay, so first it says, bear one another's burdens. 
And some persons look at this and say it's a contradiction. No, but it's not a contradiction. The first burden there in verse 2 is the Greek word baros, which means weight or load or a burden. And the Bible is saying if you see a brother or a sister carrying a load or a burden, help the person bear the burden and so fulfill Christ's law. But verse 5, the word burden there is from the Greek word fortion, P-H-O-R-T-I-O-N, which means a responsibility or a portion. So it says that every man shall bear his own responsibility. There are certain responsibilities that God has given to us that we cannot pass on to anybody else. So this laziness, Christianity, this both spiritual laziness and physical laziness, it's not of God. And it's not an expression of faith. Faith and work go hand in hand. So if you truly believe in a thing, it is your action that will tell us that you believe that thing. Not by saying, ooh, I believe this. And then you see people telling somebody, hey, I believe in you. I, you know I believe in you. See, but I believe in you. I know they carry on matter play. I believe in you. Or you've never done anything what that person claimed to believe. The person is a musician, is a drummer, you've never bought him drumsticks. Even drum key, you've never bought for him. But you believe in him. You are a liar, sir. You don't believe in him. You are trying to position yourself so that when he becomes great, you can say, ah, we are together. You don't believe in anything. If you truly believe in the person, it will show by how much you you are you're willing to invest in that person if you believe in a thing it will show by your actions it will show the time you put in the, the, the. if you believe in yourself it will show the effort you put in yourself how you treat yourself how you protect yourself how you look after yourself it will show so let's not get carried away by, by, by people's sweet mouths and stuff like that if you believe in God it will show if you believe that God is your source, it will show. If you believe that God is a healer, it will show. If you believe you are saved, if you really believe you are born again, it will show in your life. You won't be living like an unbeliever and be claiming I'm born again. You, say, no, no, no. you don't believe you are saved. That's the truth. You are just trying to play safe. You just don't want to go to hell. You know, they are, it's not that they love God. They just don't want to go to hell. They want to stay close enough not to go to hell. But sorry, it doesn't work like that. If you believe you are saved, it will show. It will show in your actions. It will show. Big man said, Sir, does it mean if you believe in someone, you must make physical contributions to their dreams or what they do? Well, it, may, it doesn't have to be physical, right? It doesn't have to be physical. One way you can express that you believe in someone is by praying for them. Prayer is work, believe it or not. Uh, prayer is a lot of work. And if you have someone praying for you, that, that means a lot. It could, be an, um, it could be a spiritual investment, it could be a physical investment. For instance, if, say, Mr. Mike, I say I believe in Mr. Mike. Mr. Mike is a professor, he's a college professor. And then Mr. Mike comes to Nigeria and he's holding a lecture, right? And... I claim to believe in him and I believe in what he's doing, right? I will find a way to show support 
Now, I may not necessarily go for the lecture because it may not be my line, but I will look for other people that I believe can benefit from that lecture. And because I believe in Mr. Mike, I will encourage those people. And even if I have to pay for them to go there, I will pay for them to go and listen to Mr. Mike. Why? Because I believe in Mr. Mike. I, I need us to re-examine all the things we say we believe in, all the things we say we believe in. I want us to begin to re-examine all of them and ask ourselves sincerely, ask ourselves, this is like a call to action now, an action point, ask ourselves, I say I believe in this, am I really doing enough to express my faith in that direction? Am I really doing enough to express my faith in that direction? Personally, I believe that I have the healing anointing on my life and I have seen it work over the years. But it's been a long time I laid my hand on the sick. And I'm saying this to us. I'm just being honest. And I know that I need to pray for more sick people. If I truly believe that I have been anointed to heal the sick, then I need to step out there and pray for the sick. Otherwise, I am making a fool of myself. Let us re-examine and reanalyze our our beliefs and and see what we're doing in that direction and God will help us.